0: Hi, I'm Beth Fuller, and you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I know the world can feel intimidating or scary at times, but I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be. Through the lens of food, we can learn so much about one another, celebrate our differences, and maybe eat some tasty food along the way. Are you ready to do this? I know I am. So let's go on a food adventure together right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode five wow five holy crap so just a quick reminder all of the show notes are located on my website www.elizabethrfuller.com feel free to send all of your questions and voice memos to let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com and make sure you hit subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode episodes come out every single friday so without further ado let's jump into this episode So today we're talking about all things breakfast and her fun older but drunk sister, brunch. So I can tell you the exact point in my life where I fell in love with brunch. I was in my 20s, I think I was 21 or 22, and just moved to San Diego. I remember when me and my new best friend at the time, his name's Nikki, I call him Poodle. A lot of other people call him Nick. But we had just met and decided I was living in a neighborhood called Hillcrest, which is a a fabulous, fabulous, happy neighborhood, restaurants and bars you can walk to, um, tons of shopping, just it was so magical in the early 2000s. I hope it's still as magical today as it was then. But we used to go to this place called um, Mary's. Every Sunday, they had all-you-can-drink mimosas for $10 with the cheapest champagne. It's definitely not champagne. The che- the cheapest sparkling white anybody can get their hands on. We would stay to the point where they would announce they ran out of sparkling and they could no longer do mimosas, so sometimes they would even switch to, like, well vodka. <laughs> It was fabulous. I mean, who doesn't want to spend $10 and then get the worst hangover of your life at about 6 p.m. at night? But because you're in your early 20s, you're a superhuman, and your hangovers are nothing like they are later in life. So kids, drink them while you can. The other spot I loved in San Diego was this bar called The Waterfront, and I used to go there and pretend to watch um, Pat's games. I'm not a huge sports fan, but I will pretend to be one if there are cute boys and, um, alcohol that you can day drink, sign this girl up. So I would go sometimes by myself, sometimes with friends, cause I could get there. I lived in the neighborhood. So I would walk down the Hill, which was hell to come back up the Hill after you've been drinking all day. But, um, they had the best Bloody Marys and like a super simple breakfast, but really stellar Bloody Marys. But again, this was 2000, 2000- I'm sure they still have great Bloody Marys, but this was 2000 2000- to 2007 um so i'm sure the scene has changed drastically i know one of my good friends there um, she had a place called small bar which i know was known for their food their drinks but they had a stellar bloody mary there too karen i adore you you have to come on the podcast so as you can all tell i absolutely love brunch but i also love breakfast i love waking up in the morning to eat it's one of the reasons I get up in the morning. It's some of the motivation I have to get out of bed at 6 a.m., uh, and I'm a morning person. I have a lot of energy in the morning. It peters off throughout the day. I, full disclosure, i am in bed normally at 8.30, quarter to nine, every single night, even on a weekend. <laughs> I don't care. Judge me all you want. I'm blissfully content with my sleeping schedule. So breakfast, such an important meal for me. Thank you guys for all of your questions. I actually kind of just want to dive right into them. And I have a surprise guest who's going to help answer a handful of your questions. Let's get started. So our first question comes from Marissa in New Hampshire. My morning oatmeal feels really bland. What do you do to kick it up a notch? I've got some ideas. With oatmeal, there's one thing that I honestly do, because here's the thing with me and oatmeal. I like a love-hate relationship with it for so many years. I loved it. I love all the stuff you can can put in it, but the thing I didn't like about it was I would eat it, and then maybe like two hours later, I'd be hungry again. So one of the tips, tricks that I've learned is to soak that uncooked oatmeal the night before, and not like overnight oats style soak it, but just soak it in water, filtered water, with a little bit of an acid, whether it be lemon juice, uh, a little apple cider vinegar, whatever you want to do. Those are the two that I would use. And then in the morning, rinse it off with a little more filtered water. Put it in the pot like you would normally cook it. By soaking it, you're actually helping it break down Um, the starches and the natural phytic acid that is in the oatmeal, which is going to then in turn help your body to metabolize it better and keep you fuller longer. It took me years to figure this out. Um, through a lot of research and trial and error, I use maybe like a tablespoon of lemon juice in with the filtered water. I leave it in the fridge. I give it a stir. Sorry, leave it in the fridge. And then in the morning I pull it out and start cooking it as usual. I can also definitely eat oatmeal without soaking it, but when you soak it and you start cooking it, it like gives it an extra creaminess to it that you can't achieve if you don't soak it ahead of time. And again, I'm not talking overnight oats. I'm talking just cooked oatmeal. So that's the first tip, trick I do. Okay, another way to add a little more protein to your oatmeal is to mix in some egg whites. Now with this... it's going to change the consistency of your oatmeal it makes it like fluffier is the only way I can describe it I love doing this there is a little bit of a trick to it so you're going to cook your oatmeal how you normally would and then before you put all of the fun mixy stuff in pull your oatmeal off the heat and if you say you started with I think the average serving for oatmeal is like half a cup dry So to that half a cup dry oatmeal, I would add about a quarter of a cup of egg whites. I think that's probably about two extra large egg whites, give or take. So you're going to pull the oatmeal off the heat. You're gonna take those egg whites. You're gonna start whisking the oatmeal and then slowly pour in the egg white mixture, just the egg whites, and then mix and mix and mix and mix until it's all incorporated and just keep mixing until it becomes fluffy. and everything's well incorporated. The heat, the residual heat that's already in the oatmeal is going to temper and cook the egg whites. So it's not like you're eating raw egg white, but by doing it in this way and method, the air that you're aerating into the oatmeal will help the egg not to scramble, which is key because no one wants scrambled eggs in their oatmeal. I mean, you could if you're going like savory maybe, but I wouldn't do scrambled. I would probably do like a poached egg on top or something. Uh, So that's another way to do it. And that like hides the egg in it. So you don't even know it's there. It's just fluffy. And then in terms of flavors, I will put a handful of combos on the website in the show notes. But I, you know, off the top of my head, I try to eat seasonally as we know. So in the summertime, it's more the berries are in season. So maybe it's more of like a berry forward kind of flavor In the fall I might do like a pumpkin pie riff or a banana bread riff or a pecan pie riff on oatmeal. My goal is that I want to try to not put too much sugar in it and I want it to keep me full. So whatever in my mind I have that I can tick those boxes to meet that goal that's where my oatmeal kind of goes in that direction. But I will, um, like I said, put a handful of ideas on the website for you. Thank you so much for this question. I hope it helps. And whatever oatmeal you make, please tag me in it on Instagram at Let's Go on a Food Adventure. All right, our next question comes from Sarah in Texas. Do you have any non egg breakfast ideas for the week and the weekends? I do. I actually do. I am a person who always has certain things in my house that then I can throw together to make breakfast because I am super hungry in the morning. I know a lot of people, a lot of my friends and family don't need to eat. Like they'll be up for hours and then they eat. Whereas me, I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I am starving. So I don't like to think a lot about what I want to make in the morning for breakfast. So Sarah, what I like to do if I'm not, and I don't know if you don't like eggs or if you are allergic to eggs. So I'm going to give you a couple ideas for both. So first there's always the smoothie route. My smoothie always consists of a half of a frozen banana, some kind of frozen fruit, a scoop of protein powder, and I'll link my favorite one on the website. It's made from um non-gmo organic magic fairy dust. Honestly, no, it's it's whey powder, so it's not vegan, but it's really good. It mixes in really well with everything and it makes I this is the second time I'm going to use this as a descriptor, but it makes the smoothie fluffy. <laughs> I know it sounds so silly, but because it's whey powder, I don't know what I'm not a food scientist. I will have one on later, um not today, but another episode, but uh, it it makes it fluffy. So frozen half a frozen banana, usually scoop of vanilla protein powder and then some frozen blueberries, almond milk, Whiz it up. Don't even put ice in it because the frozen uh, wild blueberries are in the frozen banana are cold enough. The other route that I go in, if I'm doing the green smoothie thing, it always has to be a tropical smoothie for me. So it'd be like a little scoop of frozen pineapple, a little bit of frozen mango, half a frozen banana, and a handful of baby spinach. That's the only greens I can tolerate in a green smoothie. Anything else to me, I don't care what anyone says, tastes like lawn clippings. So I am very particular about that. And then a scoop of protein powder and some almond milk, was that up. Then if you want to get creative and you're feeling frisky, and occasionally I do think outside the smoothie box, I will do like a pumpkin pie smoothie in the fall. Sometimes I'll even do like a mocha smoothie and throw the coffee in with the scoop of protein powder. And so then I don't need to carry two cups with me when I was traveling to work. Um, If none of that tickles your fancy, the other way I go is I always have Greek yogurt in the fridge. So rather than just eating Greek yogurt plain or eating Greek yogurt with a few things sprinkled on top, I try to make it a little more special because I really don't care for Greek yogurt. It's not my jam. I think it's okay. No offense to Greek yogurt is, was, and I think it still is super popular. I, eh, meh. So what I'll do with my Greek yogurt is I almost layer it like a parfait. And I will put it back in the fridge and then get ready and then eat it because then, so what I, okay, hold on. So I'll do like a, in a, and I like to be able to see the layers. I know I'm a food dork. So I'll put it in a clear jar or clear container or like a clear ball jar, you know, like the, the canning jars or something like that. So a little bit of the Greek yogurt on the bottom. And then if you have fresh berries, great. If you don't, no problem You can always take frozen ones out of your fridge and just defrost them in your microwave and maybe just let them cool for a minute before you do this step. I actually like the frozen berry route because then you get all those juices in the bottom and you can kind of drizzle them on like syrup sort of. So I do the Greek yogurt at the bottom and then I do a layer of granola if I make the granola great. If not, I love the Elizabeth's brand, not just because it's my name, but I think they put a lot of great things like hemp seeds and chia seeds and wonderful things like that in their granola so I do a layer of that and then I put the berries on top of that and then I just keep repeating it until I've not filled the jar but done enough you know where I feel like this is a yummy breakfast and then I put it back in the fridge because I want the berries and the yogurt to kind of soften the granola a little bit it's still going to have great crunch but it then when you eat it it's almost like a dessert kind of parfait feeling versus just a bunch of crap in a bowl. There's nothing wrong with a bunch of crap in a bowl. Don't get me. I'm not, no judgment. I definitely eat a bunch of crap in the bowl too style, but this way for some reason just makes it feel a little more special. I know. Um, Okay. So those are a couple of non-egg ideas. There's always avocado toast which I love, and I can definitely slam down two pieces of avocado toast and be thrilled. If you're just trying to hide the egg and you're up for trying this on the weekend, last week's episode, episode three, my trainer, Kristen, and good friend mentioned a Dutch baby. Oh my God, I am obsessed. I've now made this three times in the last two weeks because we recorded that a couple of weeks ago. And I've made it for dinner. I'll make it for breakfast. I, no judgment, have eaten an entire Dutch baby on my own. It's three eggs, a little bit of flour, some sugar, and a little bit of butter. And I put vanilla in mine. Or you can put, if you have lemon paste or lemon uh, extract or lemon zest, I do that way. And then, like, I'll top it with frozen, thawed-out blueberries with a tiny bit of maple syrup in it. (sighs) I've done it with the cinnamon apples. Oh my goodness. It's like the best, the easiest pancake on the planet because you're literally just dumping it into a Dutch oven that doesn't have a lid on it and that's already warmed in the oven, a cast iron pan. You want something that's like cast irony, so it'll keep the residual heat in it to help the puffing of the Dutch baby horrible name. I am sure there's another name for it, but uh it's utterly delicious and I feel like you would never know. I mean, I guess you kind of know that there's egg in it, but not really. So if your goal is just to hide the egg, I think that's a super fun weekend thing. And if you have kids, I don't know if you do or not, uh they might get a kick out of it and it's kind of sweet like a pancake, but more protein heavy because of the eggs. So hopefully you're not allergic to eggs and you can eat them that way. So then it's not like scrambled eggs kind of thing. Um, The other way you could go is, it's a sweet breakfast quinoa. So if you've never used quinoa before, it's a grain that is gluten-free and it is packed with protein. You want to cook it per the package directions. Then in another pot or pan, you're going to toast up some almonds Add a little bit of maple syrup whatever dried fruit tickles your fancy um, I'd probably add in a little bit of orange zest maybe even a splash of orange juice heat that all through so it's gonna make this really pretty caramely syrupy thing don't heat it long just warm it up really um, and maybe even a sprinkle of salt in it I I know salt is counterintuitive to a lot of people with sweet things but it makes it such a better balance and I always need salt with sweet but anyway you're going to take the quinoa, put it in a bowl, and then just take the pan with the syrupy goodness and all that, put it on top, and then put a dollop of ricotta on top, maybe even a tiny bit more orange zest. Boom. A nice protein-packed breakfast. Oh, the other thing you can do with ricotta is on a piece of toast, take a little bit of ricotta in a separate bowl, add in like a tiny bit of vanilla. I'm obsessed with vanilla paste. I... If you're open to spending a tiny bit of money on your vanilla, vanilla bean paste is uh magic unicorn dust and tears are made with it because it is just every, it's everything. It makes every baked good I've ever made taste that much better. Uh, I am obsessed, obsessed. So a little bit of vanilla bean paste and then, or vanilla, and um, maybe even a tiny bit of powdered sugar or maple syrup or agave, honey, whatever kind of sweetener. I just wouldn't use regular sugar or brown sugar or even like turbinado sugar because you want a sugar that's fine that will dissolve right into the ricotta and then smear it on top of toast. If you want to add a little bit of orange zest and maybe even a tiny bit of chocolate chips, it'll taste like a cannoli filling on top of a piece of toast. Or you could get rid of the chocolate chips and then go maybe more fruit forward and do like the mixed berry thing. Either way, it's going to be filling. It's going to be delicious. And it's something you can whip up pretty quick. So I hope that helps Sarah. And if you make anything, tag me on Instagram. So I have a handful of questions that I think I might need a little help with. I think it might be time to bring on our guest. Him and I met in line for a club in 2002 in downtown San Diego. He was standing there, two people in front of me going, the city, the city, and then flicked his cigarette on a very small gay gentleman's head. The ash of the cigarette. And he didn't even know he did it. I went up to him and I said, what city? Do you mean Boston? And he goes, No, bitch, New York. And I was like, and we're new best friends. We danced all night, drank a million martinis, exchanged phone numbers, and at three o'clock in the morning he came over to my apartment with Mexican food and we fell asleep in each other's arms, fully clothed, and he spooned me like no straight man has ever spooned me. And ever since then, we have been best friends, partners in crime. He is my brother from another mother. My soul sister extraordinaire, I need to welcome to the podcast, my best friend, my brunch partner, Nikki. Hey, poodle.
1: Hi. Good afternoon. Happy Saturday.
0: Happy Saturday. And it's like 50 out. It feels like magical.
1: I know. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. It's sunny. The birds are chirping. My cocktails are chirping. (laughs) Everything's chirping.
0: (laughs) Everything's chirping. I love it. So I just was talking to everybody about how we met. And as you know, this episode is very much about breakfast and her drunk older sister brunch. And I was telling people about how you and I, when we first fell in love, would go to Mary's for brunch almost every Sunday religiously for the $10 bottomless mimosas.
1: Oh my gosh. I miss that place. If I could take a day trip just to go and just have brunch there, I would, I would pay to, to just fly there just for brunch and then come back when brunch is over.
0: Oh, I I know. And like we used to, we were such experts at our mimosa game that we would ask for it on the rocks with cranberry juice
1: (laughs) instead uh, of OJ. What's that called? It's a hibiscus. The hibiscus it's called when you yeah. make it with the cranberry juice.
0: Yeah. But we didn't know the oh, term. No,
1: no, no. Oh, no. It, it was just, Hey, <laughs> can I get some crayon up in here? The, the uh, <laughs> orange juice, the acid gives me heartburn.
0: <laughs> I got to add you to. <laughs> oh my God. I missed those days. Oh, to be 22 again. Mm. So I um, actually have a handful of questions from listeners that I thought maybe you and I could try to answer together.
1: Oh, goody. I would love that. I love questions and I love answers and I love brunch. So questions and answers about brunch is just right up my alley.
0: Okay. Awesome. So our first question comes from Logan in Nashville, Tennessee. He says, what are some of your favorite go-to breakfast ideas for during the week?
1: Oh gosh. Well, you know what? So, so here's the thing with the, in the, in the past, um, my go-to, uh, breakfast was really just whatever I could grab and go, right? Because we were working in the office. We were, you know, a lot of times it was just a protein shake for, uh, you know, between gym and work. But now that I'm home and I'm working from home for the past year, we uh, have begun to make our own English muffins with a sourdough starter that is older than both of us. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And they're delicious, delicious English muffins. So what we do is we uh, make egg sandies out of them, of course, that's mm-hmm. sort of a staple, right? The egg sandy on the English muffin. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing uh, that we do with the eggs. There's a couple different ways to make the egg sandies. So uh, most recently, what we had this morning was an omelet version of an egg sandy. Have you tried that?
0: Ooh, no. What's in What's in my omelet version?
1: Well, it, it's. You know, a, a traditional egg sandy is like, okay, you fry the egg and then you slap the egg on the sandy, put some cheese on it, salt, pepper, call it a day, right? Right. A little bit right. of ketchup if you're if you're feeling are you you know, Miss like Jackson, yeah. right?
0: Yeah.
1: So um then we think about the the egg omelet version. You know, when you make an omelet and, and you sort of uh, put the egg very uh, thinly on, almost like a crepe, right? Mm-hmm. And then you fill all the stuff in it. You flip it. Mm-hmm. You you put some stuff in it. You put the cheese in it. You flip it, right, like mm-hmm. an omelet. So it's still flat enough to fit on a safe on a sandwich. But mm-hmm. then, you know, he cuts it in half, so that way it fits on the uh, English muffin. So it's sort of like a like a half omelet. It's like an omelet sandwich almost, which is. Sounds weird, but it tastes really good.
0: No, I'm I'm following you. And the other thing I think I would love into this is so one of my favorite parts about the omelet, and I'm salivating now. Thank you. Is when you cut into said omelet and like the cheese in the middle kind of oozes out mm. onto your plate. So if it was me, I would take that, and I'm sure you already add cheese into it. Maybe you don't. I know you're very uh, health conscious. That I would even dare I say put a tiny bit of cheese in the middle when you're folding it all so then when you cut into it the cheese is like oozing out of the middle of the sandy
1: oh girl we are we are here (laughs) we're right here i bite into it it's like biting into the inside of a mcdonald's apple pie the the cheese the molten lava cheese just comes out it just burns the inside of your mouth to high heavens but it is delicious
0: i'm living for that as well thank you i appreciate that yeah and logan you i'm with uh, I was going to say Nick, but I can't, I'm with Poodle on this, that I am an egg-centric morning gal. And since being home and working from home for a while because of COVID, I too have been making much more elaborate breakfasts than I would. Like in the past, I've been known to take just a piece of toast and schmear peanut butter on top and then like mm. slice up a banana, drizzle a little bit of honey, a sprinkle of cinnamon, some salt. I'm out the door and I'm eating that, you know, then I have like Or like a piece of avocado toast with a fried egg on top or something like that. But now I'm with you. I mean, I would definitely, if you guys are up for sharing your English muffin sourdough recipe, I will put that on the website for everyone else.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know what? It also makes a great breadstick too. So with the leftovers, (laughs) when we're done cutting... (laughs) <laughs> I'm telling you, it's all about carbs baby we're still in winter and these sweaters are going to cover up all these carbs
0: you know it they're so hey m- we embrace you, muffin tops we eat yep, them and embrace extra,
1: them uh, roll it into a uh, roll it into a breadstick mm-hmm. delicious
0: I love it and then are we like brushing on some some butter on that with a little garlic on top like how are we what do you Oh, do?
1: however you want. You can however. take the breadsticks. Uh we make mini breadsticks. They're about three inches long or so. Um, and we'll, you know, you can dip them in hummus, you can dip them in cream cheese, mm. uh, you can put some peanut butter on them. I mean, you could really do anything with them, right? It's just a little, just yeah. a little snack, right? A little snack breadstick. Well,
0: yeah. Yeah. The world is your breadstick oyster, however. So can
1: I um can I mention one more uh yes. of my favorite, favorite breakfast items? Yeah. Have you, made yourself yet a tater tot waffle
0: no no you tell have me. Not- no I've Any? seen it I've seen it on the internet but I, I haven't tell me more about what the kids are doing these days if
1: we're talking about a food adventure I mean yeah. my my mouth has been around the world with mm. this tater tot waffle it's been if to the ends only, of the only if
0: only people knew how true that statement really was but yes if- please keep going <laughs>
1: Yes, it is. So um, we have a waffle maker, right? You take your standard waffle maker where you have the four squares. Um, you have to get your tater tots, right, or any sort of uh, variety tater puffs, you know, whatever it is. You know, store bought is fine. Store
0: bought. Okay, we're not making yeah. these from
1: scratch. Okay. No, 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 no. So you take the frozen, the frozen potato puffs, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Put them in the in the square, right? You have to sort of pile them up. They're frozen, so your waffle maker is not going to close all the way at first so you sort of pile them up it's usually about I would say like maybe one and a half to two servings um Mm -hmm. but you know it's really one serving because I eat the whole thing uh so I don't know maybe about 20 to 25 tots throw them in there press the waffle maker on it to heat them up right Mm -hmm. uh then once they get all heated you take a fork and then you mash it in into the the crevice so we're like
0: smushing it down are you putting any like um cooking spray or anything on the tater tots
1: Uh, No, it's a, well, it's a, it's a a uh, nonstick, you know, it's a waffle maker with the Teflon on it. So
0: Uh,
1: then you put, of course, your seasoning. So you can use salt, pepper, uh, onion powder, garlic powder, just a little bit. I mean, it's only, you know, they're only tater tots, right? We're not making like, you know, a state dinner here. So you, you put a little bit of the seasoning on it, then you close it. Uh, You let it sit like you normally would for maybe a little bit longer than a regular waffle, I should Mm -hmm. say. Like Mm -hmm. if you have one with the settings, uh, you know, make sure that the settings all the way up so that it doesn't stop. And then, you know, check on it periodically. But I'm telling you, when you take out that tater tot waffle, seasoned, crispy on the outside, it has all the little uh, nubbins on it, Mm -hmm. right, from being Mm -hmm. pressed like a waffle. Mm -hmm. But then on the inside, you got the nice potato. So it's nice, like creamy potato I'm loving nice it. And season because you put the seasoning and you mash it all in with a fork the seasoning actually gets throughout the whole uh tater waffle. Top, waffle so it's not just like on the top
0: it's i love bit, it and then yeah. are you eating this with like an egg or are we just going just tater tot waffle and nothing else
1: oh no you gotta have a, i usually put like a little bit of scrambled eggs on the top mm. of it Mm-hmm. And then you can cut into it. You get a little forkful of egg, little forkful of tater tot waffle, a little bit of, uh, you know, sirachi sauce or some ketchup, you know, whatever it is that you like to, to have your, your eggs and your potatoes with. Um, mm. And it's just delicious.
0: Awesome. Logan, if you're going to make any of these, please tag us on Instagram because we want to yeah. see what you create. Um, so we have another question. It comes from Kenya in New York city. And she asks, have you had any brunch or breakfast fails before?
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Well, well I've one that comes right to mind. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> this so is one that comes one. to mind for me or one that comes to no, mind? No, for me. Too. No, oh, for, for, for me. You. It
0: was like the one of the biggest epic fails I've ever had. Not ever had, but like it's up there for disgustingness. So I I don't know if you remember back in like the early 2010s. I decided to do that vegan thing for a minute and it was whatever, but I decided to try to make a tofu scramble for breakfast and I put in like nutritional yeast and I don't even know what else. And then I got that horrible fake meat bacon. And like, this is before the impossible beyond whatever. I just was like, it was, you know, it was like, uh, not tempeh, but Something, else. it was just, it was absolutely disgusting. Morningstar or something, I don't know. Uh, in the fresh foods section, kind of thing, where it's not good quality, high hydrogenated MSG goodness that the frozen fake meats have, you know? So, anyway, I um, <clears throat> didn't know what I was doing. The tofu I got was the wrong kind. It was the silken kind. So it totally melted in the pan and dissolved. And it turned into like a tofu nutritional yeast looking soupy, warm smoothie thing. It was just, Ooh. it was, oh God, it was so gross. So oh. anyway, needless to say that that has to be one of my worst breakfast fails. And I was so looking forward to scrambled eggs and it wasn't that.
1: Oh, poodle. That sounds disgusting. So yeah. Very so sad. sad. So sad. <laughs> so, sad. so sad um you know what surprisingly and I think that this is actually a conspiracy of healthy foods plotting mm. against us mm. uh, because my breakfast fail was also me trying to be healthy and I'll just give you it was a three ingredient pancake and oh, the I banana one what some of those ingredients were and how they came out
0: yeah so it was like banana
1: mm. egg, yes ma'am
0: and what was the third one
1: uh, banana egg and uh, protein powder oh. Oh. yeah. Um, my, uh, my, my pancakes didn't come out very good. Uh, my measurements must have been off. And yeah my, right my, pancake, uh, my bananas weren't quite ripe enough, so they were still sort of chunky. <laughs> and uh, the texture was just the, the texture just wasn't appetizing and they didn't look appetizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tasted okay. Uh, the one that was salvageable enough to eat. Uh, and then the rest of them just, you know, I, I sort of, I, I attempted to, to not waste the food, but eventually it just became not so edible. So that was the last time I ever tried to make banana pancakes or pancakes <laughs> of any kind um, or eat a banana of any kind. Mm. So I, you feel have, like we- I made the right choice.
0: You haven't had a banana since that incident?
1: No, I, I probably have. Had oh,
0: okay. Oh my it. gosh. I was uh, going to say that, that couldn't have put you off from bananas.
1: No, no, no. Uh, it certainly, it certainly put me off from banana and protein powder pancakes, mm. but you know, uh, eggs turned out good. I made eggs after that and just enough protein without the ugly mess.
0: Yeah. I hear you. I mean, and especially I'm so hungry in the morning that when there's a breakfast fail, it's so sad. It's not like, like a lunch fail. I can always recover from there's more snacks to be had during the day, but a breakfast fail. You're like, this is how my day is starting. Are you serious? Like, I remember one time I was on, I I've been on a lot of smoothie kicks and I was, (laughs) I, I don't know what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking. Remember when I had the Acura Uh, it was so nice. inside. (laughs) Yeah. It was so bougie. It it was the bougiest car I'd ever owned. And I got it for my mom and it had like 200,000 miles on it. And I didn't care. It was so gorgeous. It looked brand new on the inside. And it had like that buttery white leather. Oh, it was spectacular. So I was on this smoothie kick and it was like a blueberry vanilla smoothie. And I put it in one of those huge Mason jars, like the big one. Mm. and i put it on the center console where the cup holder is but it obviously did not fit inside cup holder i turned the car that damn thing went sliding and turned into like a blueberry smoothie bomb everywhere in the car and i was like this is why i can't have nice things oh. like ruined
1: like <laughs> violet you're turning violet violet i know
0: All right. Well, Kenya, uh, we hope that your fails are not nearly as bad as ours. And just, you know, the one thing we've all learned is it's great to be humble. And we learn from anything that comes into our world. Right? Right.
1: True. Yeah. And you know what, if breakfast, oh, if breakfast fails for you, uh, just make sure that you have a backup bag of Tostitos on hand, because that's what I'll end up just eating if I can't cook breakfast for myself the entire family size
0: bag of Tostitos. 120%. Yes. Eight in the morning. Oh, yeah. No, there's no no time that a Tostito is not good. I'm Mm. with you on that. Um, All right. Our next question, our last question for the listener questions, comes from Piper in California, and she writes, what is your favorite brunch cocktail?
1: Oh, gosh. What isn't? I know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what... Really, I mean, is there? I do have, I do have a couple. So, um, can I do like a top three? Is you can that do a right? top.
0: Yeah, I know. It's like picking a favorite child. I get it. I know. Yep. I know. Top I know. three
1: or a favorite poodle, that is.
0: Oh, you can't. Yeah, no. Uh,
1: so the the number one of my favorite cocktails, uh, but you have to be really careful with them because last time I had too many, um, I ended up going out clubbing on a Sunday, uh, getting kicked out of the club, and then I had to fall out of work the next day. <laughs> But they are delicious if you can control yourself. Uh, Executive Mimosas, Poodle. Do you know what's in an executive? No,
0: what's in an executive?
1: Well, you take a regular mimosa and then you put a couple shots of vodka in it.
0: Oh, good God. What kind of vodka?
1: Yes. Uh, I mean, so I guess if you go to a regular restaurant, they'll put one shot of vodka in it. Or if you go to gay brunch, they'll put two to three yeah right, right? Mm-hmm. I mean those are the rules I, I it didn't is. make the rules I'm just no
0: I'm just, we just follow them
1: yeah so um executive mimosas are great they usually served in a pint glass with ice uh make sure that if you're hosting uh with and you want to serve executive mimosas at your house please do have a uh jigger on hand to measure or a shot glass or something you Definitely don't want people free pouring the vodka and then also free pouring the champagne and then Mm. putting a, uh, you know, dropper of orange juice or cranberry into Mm -hmm, it. mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Uh, So, so that's by far number one. I love them, but I need to be careful with them, especially as I approach 40. I can't really afford to break anything right now um, on my body. I hear you. Uh, Mimosa flights. I mean, who doesn't love a mimosa flight, right? You just, it's champagne with a bunch of different juices get yourself a couple glasses line them up and have have a ball
0: right mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. or another one if you're feeling miss jackson
0: yeah
1: uh, or it would be like a madras flight but with Ooh. different types of juices
0: uh-huh
1: you know i know a madras you know is typically orange juice and cranberry but and I'm vodka picking- yeah and vodka of right. course mm-hmm. But or it could just be a, a maybe like a screwdriver flight or something, right? So you make yourself a mattress, make yourself a screwdriver, make yourself a um, pineapple, mm-hmm. and, uh, and make yourself a greyhound. Make sure you use in the small glasses, right? Get yourself a little flight set on Amazon or something. Mm-hmm. Those were always good for brunch too because the whole purpose of brunch is to sort of try a bunch of different types of foods, right? You want your salty, your sweet, mm-hmm. you want your, your eggs and you want your, you know, bacon and all that stuff. So what better to pair it with than a variety of different cocktails?
0: No, I agree with you. I'm a, I love the idea of the flights. I actually love, um, Oh, what is it called? The one with the the grapefruit and this, this it's like grapefruit salts and tequila,
1: Oh. Mm. Oh, oh yes um so the vodka versions the greyhound oh yeah. Paloma.
0: a paloma the- thank you why wow. yeah, oh, delicious love a paloma i also love an aperol spritz i i could drink those any time of day it doesn't really matter if it's brunch lunch dinner aperitivo does not matter but um i am with you on the fl- the flights are a great idea and like you could get so many fun juices at the grocery store in the like hispanic aisle too because they have like the guava the passion fruit um <clears throat> like you said the pineapple yeah absolutely mango
1: oh yeah depending on whatever your theme is right brunch i in my opinion i feel like brunch always needs to have a theme so if you're gonna do summer if it's gonna be 95 degrees out get all those tropical juices and make yourself a, a little you know spritzer with those uh, you know, winter, you could do a different type of set of flights, right? You mm-hmm. might do flights with, I don't know, maybe uh, whiskey sour flights or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, in, in, it hasn't come out yet, but it will this Friday. The episode four, I talked to a wine expert and somebody asked me to ask her if one can really rosé all day. So I would like to know your answer if one can really rosé all day.
1: Oh, I mean, is that a question? Yeah. Like
0: how do you like how do you go from day drinking at brunch and then continue on your day?
1: Well, here's the thing. Uh, When you rosé all day, you know, rosé in itself uh, well, any wine, really, I feel like I can drink wine all day. It's really, I think like the hard stuff that, that makes me sleepy and ready for a uh, disco now,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: but I mean, you can certainly rosé all day. Uh, make sure that you're throwing some ice in there to, to stay hydrated.
0: Mm-hmm, a right?
1: stuff, a couple, couple ice cubes, make sure you drink plenty of water. I like to always drink wine with like some type of carbonated water, like a Perrier or a, uh, one of those fun flavors mm-hmm. you know, from uh, you know Poland Spring or Polar, or any of those brands. Um, you know you got to make sure you drink plenty of water, and then you also have to make sure that you eat real food if you're going to rosé all day. And what I mean by real food is, you know, if you're not
0: Tostitos,
1: <laughs> yeah, so not Tostitos. I mean, if you're if you're really committed to roséing all day, you got to have a couple of meals thrown in with the rosé all day. If you want to have like a handful of nuts. then you might rosé all afternoon
0: Mm, mm -hmm. but that's
1: it that's not all day i'm talking about all day being rosé into you know 11 p.m
0: right or 8 30 in my case um so on the topic of alcohol what's in your home bar right now because i know you and chad chad is uh nikki's poodles nick nicholas's husband (laughs) all of of the government aka's um what's in your home bar right now because you guys do collect alcohol and types and you get on you both kind of get on like jags and can you explain to them what chad just built in your home
1: oh well well what oh the oh yes okay Mm -hmm. yes yes um so we have a speakeasy in our Mm -hmm. house that Mm -hmm. uh, my hubby built. It was actually uh, a home. Well, originally when the house was built in the 1800s, it was a den. They used it as a den. And then uh, over the years, it was just changed into different types of rooms. Uh, And most recently, it was an office for the family who lived here for 40 years before we bought this house. It was a home office for the father of the family was a psychiatrist. So he actually used to see patients in this room. Uh, Then we used it as a uh, sort of bootleg kitchen. uh, While our kitchen was being uh, remodeled, we had our kitchen gutted uh, when we first moved in a year ago. And now that our kitchen is all put back together, we had this room and we said, you know what, we got to turn this into a 1920s speakeasy. So we Uh, did the the wallpapering and painted it all of these really rich sort of dark colors, got nice velvet curtains. My hubby built a cabinet into the wall covered by a giant mirror. Uh, So it's a secret booze cabinet. And uh, that's where I go after work. I make myself a little martini. I'll do a Cosmo or I've most recently Poodle. Have Mm. you ever fooled around with a pineapple Cosmo?
0: Oh no, tell me, do tell.
1: Well, you know, here's the thing. When you speak about the home bar, the home bar, I feel like there's a couple of different staples that you should always have, right? You Mm -hmm. should always have a huge bottle of vodka. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. And what's your go-to vodka right now?
1: Uh, I've been drinking more Kettle One recently. Mm. Kettle One is good. Uh, I sort of like the way the bottle is shaped. It's sort of easy to find a place for it.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I know the funky shaped bottles when they, they have the weird edges and stuff and you don't have a lot of real estate in the home bar, <laughs> they, yeah. they then they don't find their place on the shelf correctly and it would drive me crazy too.
1: Yes, exactly. So you got to have a big bottle of vodka. I like Kettle One, um, but you know, if I buy a, you know, a Great Goose is good, Belvedere, I mean, really anything um, except for Popov. Uh, oh God. not go there. <laughs> That's a little flashback to uh, when Beth and I first met. And yeah. I met.
0: In 2001. Uh, that's wine.
1: actually all I had in my fridge was pop-up. I think
0: it was in the freezer. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, and you got to have Contro, right? I always think a good bottle of Contro, well, any bottle of Contro, it's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, have that in there. I love to have fresh citrus all the time. Fresh citrus is great because you can really mix it with any drink. And it also prevents scurvy. So, I mean, it's an automatic... <laughs> It's like taking your vitamins, you know, right. you take your Cosmo, put a lot of citrus in there. You're preventing scurvy and you're doing it while you're having a good time. So there's really nothing better there.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: so you can really mix any sort of juice with, uh, with those ingredients. So I've been most recently, uh, playing around with, you know, you have your traditional Cosmos with a crayon, mm-hmm. but then, uh, substituting crayon for pineapple juice. mm that comes out really nice because the sort of sweetness of the pineapple juice mm-hmm. is counteracted with the uh, tartness of the, the lime that mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. throw in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't use too much vodka when you make them, right? Because otherwise it'll sort of take away from the, the deliciousness of that pineapple juice. Um, so I like those. And then of course, you always have to be prepared for company. So I always have a bottle of Tealings uh, whiskey, which mm-hmm. is- One of my favorites uh, ever since we went to Dublin uh, pre-COVID and went to the Teeling Distillery uh you know just fell in love with it found it in the states it's really great to mix with with ginger ale you can have it on your own it's sort of like a like a Jameson style whiskey right it's an Irish whiskey it's not Mm -hmm. like a bourbon uh so you're able to sort of mix it whereas bourbon you sort of want to drink it on your own unless Mm -hmm. maybe you're making a Manhattan or a a old-fashioned or something like that
0: right right
1: um so have you know a bourbon have a whiskey have a vodka Uh, you know, gin's good. Not a lot of people drink gin, but I always keep gin because my mom likes it. And, uh, you know, she used to come visit us a lot pre COVID. And Mm -hmm. when, uh, we're all able to, to be together again, I know that she'll be here like every other weekend. So keep that vodka handy, but then, you know, just make sure that you have a lot of mixers in the house too. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, you want
1: to make sure that you, you always have a couple of different seltzers, some ginger ales, some, uh, as I mentioned, citrus fruits,
0: Yeah. You, uh, you and Chad do a great job with hosting and making sure you have a fully start. I mean, they just, every, for the people who don't know, they just bought a beautiful home uh, outside of Boston and it is massive and they're doing it kind of room by room. And recently as of when would you say it was finished this summer, the kitchen and the, the um, back of the house where the bathroom was and stuff like that just was completely finished and remodeled. And it's, spectacular. They have the kitchen of my dreams. They just have such an impeccable taste um, for design and for hosting events as well in the home. So that leads me to my next question. What do you think makes the perfect brunch when you're hosting at home?
1: Hmm. Well, you know, I like to think about when I'm making, when I'm doing like the perfect brunch, I feel like a brunch needs to have some sort of theme to it. Mm -hmm. Right. I I mean, I love a good theme, like whether it be welcome summer or, you know, St. Patty's Day or, you know, of course, the the regular sort of Christmas, New Year's, all of that stuff. But here's why I like a theme. I think that a theme is nice because you can always find cute little plates, cute little cocktail napkins. And I mean, I just love stuff like that. Uh, Fun fact for our listeners. I collect cocktail napkins.
0: hmm he does.
1: Among many other things. But uh, as far as entertaining, I love cocktail napkins. So like if anybody ever goes anywhere and they're like, oh, do you want me to pick you up something? I'm like, yeah, pick me up some cocktail napkins, honey. Like bring me back the cock. Like I, I need to find a cocktail napkin that nobody has seen before. So right. I love those. Um, you got to make sure to have your, I feel like self-serve is so important when you're doing brunch. Mm-hmm you know, like you got to make sure that you have the food out. You want people to just sort of pick and choose what they want. Um, but then also with the bar, right? Because you're cooking and if you have people over, you can't be shaking everybody's drink, you know, let them make their own drink. Plus I have a super heavy hand and mm. I don't want everybody, you know, uh, passing out of my brunch before I even have a chance to finish, uh, my inedible, uh, Banana
0: pancakes. No, No, those are all really, really, really good tips. So on the cooking line, and this is not brunch or breakfast related, but I think it's just fabulous. But you and Chad do on every Sunday, they make, they pick a recipe together and Chad's a vegetarian so that he makes his own vegetarian version. And then Poodle makes uh, his meaty version. And they make very, I, I mean, I wouldn't go... I mean, you do, you make actually, I would say you make very complicated and complex things that take a lot of time usually. And you're very adventurous with your Sunday cooking. Um, Do you want to tell people a little bit more about that and what you're going to make this week?
1: Oh yeah. It's a, so it's a Sunday supper, right? So we choose a recipe. Uh, We most recently during COVID times have gotten into making pasta Mm -hmm. uh, because actually our, my brother-in-law gave us. Uh, pasta maker that he didn't want anymore because they just recently moved. And he said, Hey, I don't want this pasta maker. Do you guys want it? And we said, yeah, sure. We love pasta. Let's, you know, go for it. So uh, we've made a couple of things that we made in the past. Uh, I made really good lobster raviolis. That was the first time I made them. So it was a little, little uh, learning experience there. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've made those. Uh, last weekend, we made a uh, super delicious, uh, gosh, what was it? Oh, it's a mushroom stroganoff, Ooh. which was delicious. It's got portobello and shiitake mushrooms in it. You marinate them in some red wine and some other uh, ingredients. Uh, Chad made this one on his own uh, because I was in his way. So I just hung out and drank, which was <laughs> just fine by me. You uh, were but-
0: support. You were his like support animal sous chef yeah you were a sous yeah. chef yeah,
1: yeah. Sous chef. um you know we still haven't decided what we're going to make this uh this sunday we're not even decided on what we're going to eat today we're trying to uh, sort of figure out what we want to eat today but um you know the mushroom stroganoff was delicious we made that one time mm-hmm. we made a couple different types of pasta some bolognese uh we make uh some different types of casseroles We've made enchiladas. I mean, those
0: empanadas were amazing.
1: Oh, a couple different kinds of empanadas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we made empanadas a couple times. Let me tell you something for the listeners. Mm. If you're going to do the empanadas, I know I know that uh, some of the recipe sites, really, they really want you to use pie crust uh, that you then roll out and flatten. And I don't know. Uh, it didn't really work for me that well last time. My empanadas were...
0: Uh, lackluster
1: yes yeah Mm -hmm. i mean that's putting it nicely i know we found that using uh the goya discos are the best uh for an empanada you know it's store-bought unless you're going to make your own uh, empanada pastry Mm -hmm.
0: You're going to make your own Mm -hmm.
1: empanada dough but the discos are good i wouldn't go with pie crust it's just too hard to work with it's not uh, it, it's not used to being manhandled like that, right? When you're making an empanada, right. you're stretching it, you're filling it, you're forking it. You know what I mean? You're doing all that. Pie crust is like, no, honey, put me in the in the pan <laughs> and fill me with whatever it is and then put another sheet on top of me, stick me in the oven, right? The yeah, pie crust she's a the
0: little pie. more delicate. Yeah, Yeah.
1: it doesn't want to be whipped around like a disco. A disco really takes a, a licking and keeps on ticking. On
0: yeah, toast. it's a little more on the S&M trail. I got you, yeah. It likes to be whipped and- manhandled who doesn't though who doesn't want to be manhandled once in a while
1: you know that's Um, the energy I'm bringing into 2021
0: hell yeah girl bring it bring it so I think it's really important that you that the world needs to know that Chad and Poodle have been doing such an amazing job supporting their local restaurants and during COVID times it is so important that we are there to help and support everybody that we can and uplift them and i really do applaud you guys that it's not like a lack of not wanting to cook or a desire to not want to cook i think you guys have made a huge effort uh, to not just go to like the same place every week like you you do but you also really try to branch out and eat at a bunch of different takeout places and do fun food adventures that way but also you know over tip and support all of these people who desperately need our help. Um, So what are some of your favorite takeout places right now?
1: Oh, gosh, there's so many um, around us. Uh, So most recently, last weekend, we went to uh, Basito. Basito is a really good, I think they have a a lot of locations around. They're a chain, Um, so they're not necessarily local, but they're doing Mm. really good takeout Uh, you know, where they just drop it right off to your car. We got it. The order was perfectly done. A few places near us, uh, Porter Cafe, they have a really nice outdoor patio area with a lot of uh, heat lamps. And so we've gone there even if it's, you know, 40 degrees. You know, we're not going anywhere inside because we're just trying to be super cautious about everything. Uh, But if a place has a heat lamp, I will bundle up and go outside in 40 degree weather. Uh, So we've been going there. And then there's uh, quite a few other places around us. Uh, Real Deal is one place that's in uh, West Roxbury here in Boston. And they do a really nice job with sandwiches and their uh, salads are really great. I got a really good salad from there yesterday. Uh, And then uh, there's another place around us called La Taqueria, which has the best tacos. I mean... We talk about a taco, like let's taco about it. Mm,
0: you know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's
1: taco about this. They have uh, the best tacos. Uh, Chad's gotten really good veggie chimichangas from there. They just opened up another location in Dedham, which is great to see because it's nice to see uh, that even in this environment, that businesses are able to grow and, and thrive, which is mm-hmm. really awesome. Um, but we're always you know, on the lookout for somewhere new. And that's sort of why we haven't decided on what we're going to eat tonight cuz we're sort of thinking of, you know, should we drive somewhere and and go somewhere to to go pick something up? Should we do one of our regular delivery places? You know, you just never know. It, I guess it depends on how adventurous you feel.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you actually double dipped what the other week by accident that you... <laughs> Can you can you tell everybody just briefly about that and then and then we'll wrap it up. I promise.
1: Yes. Yes. So All right, so uh, we wanted to order some food. So we were super, super hungry. So uh, we ordered some Indian food from this restaurant that's near us. And um, it's a place that we've ordered from a bunch, right? They have really good service. They're they're always super responsive. They get the food to you quickly. The food is delicious. It's one of the places that we used to go out to regularly when we were eating indoors. Uh, So we ordered the Indian food and about an hour later, we're thinking oh gosh well you know are they even open you know we thought right because um, you
0: ordered online you didn't talk to a person
1: yes and right. it was i uh, i believe it was new year's day which is why i think we were were a little trepidatious around if the place was going to be open or not right
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but their their website we went on the website they said they were open so we ordered the food the food didn't come after an hour so you know, an hour is, is usually about as long as it takes. Uh, but, you know, we waited a little bit longer. So we waited, I don't know, an hour and 20 minutes. And I said, you know what, let me give them a call just to make sure that my order went through and just see if they're busy. So we call a couple times and uh, we're not getting any answer from the restaurant. So we're thinking, you know, we're not thinking anything bad about the restaurant. It's like, all right, maybe they're closed. It's New Year's Day. You know, maybe mm-hmm. they just didn't update their website. So really no big deal. They weren't answering the phone. We said, you know what, We'll cut our losses. Uh, you know, I'll I'll see if there's still a charge in a couple of days, and if not, then I'll call the place and and have them reverse it. So we decide to then order uh, some Chinese food from uh, another local place that we really liked. Now, please remember at this point. <laughs> I was you know, just I gonna say this. Of- I was hungry when I ordered the Indian food the first time, right? So it's been an hour and 20 minutes and we're not eating because we don't want to spoil our dinner. So we're trying not to snack. So now I'm beyond hungry, right? I'm actually, I wasn't even really hangry because I wasn't angry at anybody, uh, but I was definitely beyond hungry.
0: Yes, starving.
1: uh, Starving, yes. So we ordered everything on the Chinese food menu. One of everything, really. Uh, You know, poo-poo platter for four, just for me. I mean, right.
0: Chad doesn't eat meat. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. We were, we, were, we were there, right? We were ordering right. large size of everything. Uh, so we ordered the, the Chinese food and, um, you know, the Chinese food is going to take another hour. So we thought, oh gosh, wow, we we're so hungry. But, you know, when this Chinese food gets here, we ordered so much of it. It's just going to be delicious. Well, lo and behold, uh, the Indian food came about 10 minutes after I put my <laughs> card information in to order the Chinese food. So the Indian food uh, came, the guy, you know, he's like, oh gosh, I'm really sorry, it took so long. He said, yeah, no problem, it was all good. So we got the food and Chad said, well, you know what, then we're just gonna do a sort of a tour of Asia tonight. You know, we'll just eat food, you know, we'll eat our Indian food and then we'll just wait. And then when the Chinese food comes then we'll just eat that too, you know, and what are we gonna do? (laughs) So uh, it was already late too. So, you know, at 7.30, we had our, our Indian food dinner and then our Chinese food came around 8 30 and then uh we also ate that (laughs) both dinners
0: yeah no I mean that is such an awesome it's one of my favorite poodle stories so far this year and I mean the the year is young but it might even have been one of my favorite from last year like it is such (laughs) a good I laughed so hard for like two days about that story (laughs) Um, all right. So I have one final question for you, if you don't mind.
1: Of course.
0: So if COVID wasn't a thing and money was no option, where would you travel to and what would you eat?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, you know, I know people might say, you know, Italy or, or France, you know, cause those are sort of like culinary, uh, places you know there's sort of a culinary destination mm-hmm. that was the word I was thinking of but you know honestly I would probably go back to uh, UK
0: mm.
1: because I there was this place that we went to I forget the name of it it was right across the street from our hotel which is right near St. James Park uh tube station so if you look at the St. James Park tube station and then you're uh, we I always stayed at the Conrad when I went there Uh, to UK, Uh, right across the street from the Conrad, there was this super fun, big, huge pub. I mean, just delicious food uh super fun atmosphere always really busy I mean it's in the UK it's it's in the Westminster area so naturally the after work crowd is going to be there and when you're on vacation of course you're eating out even during the week so a lot of like you know hot guys in suit Mm, mm -hmm. um drinking beers you know uh being rowdy uh you know people outside You know, with their drinks, of course, because it's UK. It's not like Massachusetts where, you know, you got to stay inside everywhere you go. Um, But they had a meat pie and beer flight.
0: Ooh.
1: Yes, ma'am. Tell me. Yes. I would eat it for brunch. I would eat it for dinner. I would eat it as an after dinner snack. Uh, Three. Different types of beer mm-hmm. that each pair with a different type of meat pie. Okay. Get out. So, and there were mini meat pies, right? So it was like, it was meant for one, right? So, so three mini meat pies. They had a beef pie with a certain type of beer that paired with that type of beef. And I mean, mm. these were little like shot glasses of beer. Like, this is you know, UK, where it's like everything comes in a pint, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like literally like three pints of beer with like three meat pies. So they had a beef pie, then they had a chicken roti <gasps> style pie with like the curries in it, like a like the, like the sort of like West Indian curries. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. were really nice. And then they had some other type of um, like a lamb shank pie, and they each paired with a beer. So if I could go back, there I would go back there and go to that restaurant mm. and um probably have a, a meat pie and beer flight uh, every day to start the day that I would
0: love that well I think we need to maybe do a zoom call with you and me and making a meat pie and maybe we can drink a flight of beer while trying to make it so I think we need to look into that
1: oh fabulous I'm okay. there
0: Fabulous. Thank you so much for coming on. I love you so, so, so much.
1: Oh, I am so glad. Thank you so much for inviting me. I had so much fun talking about food. I am getting so hungry right now and so thirsty, mind you. I'm just, as soon as we, as we uh, sort of wrap it up, I'm going to make myself a big giant mimosa.
0: I love it. Me too. Well, I'll see you soon. I love you.
1: All right. Love you, Poodle. Thanks again. Thank you uh, to everybody for listening.
0: Yay. Bye. Bye. Well, that is a wrap on episode five, everybody. Thank you guys so much for all of your questions. Please keep them coming. Send them to let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. Check my website for all the show notes and everything we talked about at ww.elisabethrfuller.com. And I also want to take a quick second to wish my dear sweet friend Nikki a very happy birthday tomorrow. I love you so much. Thank you again. And as always, just thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, make some yummy food together. Tag me on Instagram with anything you make It. let's go on a food adventure and I will see you next week. Take care. Bye.